Rava. Embrace the chaos. Hello, everybody. Welcome, and thanks for joining us for a fresh episode of Drinks with Dads presented by Rava. For today's episode, I spoke with a longtime friend who's a proud husband and the father of three, and who also happens to be a musician and educator. And I say it in that way, in that order, because one of the things we talk about is the way that we self-identify as men, and how so often that's linked to our professional status first and foremost. And not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but so often when you peel back the things that are less important to reveal what truly matters, so often it boils down to family. So why don't we lead with that? Just food for thought. We cover that and several other topics over the course of this conversation, including a movie reference that I truly hope somebody else recognizes because Greg did not have my back on that one. If you catch it, give me a shout. It'll definitely make me feel better. And as always, we hope you enjoy. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Drinks with Dads. I am Mike, and I am one of the co-founders of Rava. And today I'm sitting down with Greg Nevue, and I won't introduce him yet. I will let him do that himself, uh, I think, because that's going to be kind of what we talk about. But anyway, let's talk about drinks first. Greg, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Samuel Adams Wicked Easy. And um, it's a Wicked Easy because it's a, a session beer. It's kind of like one of these hazy IPAs. And of course, uh, if you... Those are hot right now. Yeah, if you know anything about IPAs, you know they are like seven plus percent. And if you're a dad like me and you're busy all day, they'll put you to sleep. Oh so, yeah. So uh, yeah, so I've uh, I've slowed down in my old age, and this is a four point seven. Four point, so, yeah. That's hey. Yeah. I always look for the lowest <laughs> ABV whenever whenever we go out these days because, you know, I'd like to have a couple beers. You know, I don't need to get punched in the face with hops, as it were. Right? Like that's that's everything these days. Punches you in the face with hops. Yeah, Sometimes so I don't want to get punched in the face with hops. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to be asleep on the couch by like 7.30 because you had a 10% IPA with yeah. dinner, you know? Yeah, so geriatric beers, that's great. That's what we, <laughs> yeah, that's what we drink that's what now. this is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, so Greg and I uh, have been friends for a number of years, and he is the consummate musician. He's a guitarist. He's an educator. He's a, a jack of all trades and uh, a man of the world. Um, but but we were talking about how um, one would describe themselves. So Greg, how how would you introduce yourself? Uh, with I don't want to I don't want to lead the witness too much here. But uh, what would you say about yourself if I was like, who are you? Well, uh, let's see here. I think the first thing I probably go to is tell people that I'm a music teacher. Um, yeah. And then I might talk about um, my guitar playing. And the fact that I've been playing as a live musician for, I mean, I guess we'll go back to about 1995, 1996. Uh, So, you know, I'll spend all kinds of time talking to people about my music career and and teaching career. And then maybe after 20 more minutes, I may let them know that, yes, I am, in fact, married. I I am a dad and I've got three kids, by the way. Yeah, right. That's an afterthought. (laughs) You know, those other people that don't. Yeah. Don't worry about them. So kind of as we talked about before a little bit, it's a lot of men's self-identity is more tied to their profession than, you know, their, their home life or their family, or at least outwardly, I guess. We've, we've been living in a world where men especially are really defined by their, by their professions. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree completely. And um, this was something I actually had to grapple with quite a bit during the pandemic 
I think a lot of people grappled with a lot of their own things. Uh, yeah, true story. When their their lives changed, um, and for a lot of men out there, their jobs changed. Um, whether they lost a job, whether their job sort of took on a whole new life, meaning like you're not going out to the office anymore, you're not being social anymore, now you're at home on a computer like we are hanging out here right now. Right. Um, and for me, um, as a musician, I had, uh, you know, quite a few shows lined up because um, we were doing a lot of weddings. I had quite a few weddings booked for 2020 and 2021. And that all, of course, just disappeared. So this whole big part of me that I kind of define myself as, or, you know, like you'd say, like, hey, who are you? This is who I am. This is what I do. I'm a, I'm a musician. This is I've been doing this since the eighth grade, you know. So when that disappeared, it's like a part of who I was or how I self-identify. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like how I... It's like I identify as a musician, and that disappeared. What's the Matrix um, term? Residual self-image or something like that? Sorry. That's a, that is an that old one. movie quote. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's new to me, man. <laughs> your plugs are gone. Your yeah, your hair is back. No? Nobody? Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Somebody's going to get that, and, and I hope I hope you email us. Mike at yeah. Raba.co. Email, email me if you get that quote. But, but either way, it's like the issue with having things change so much on you, you you just start to take stock in who you are a little bit more. And, and really, it wasn't even just the gigs that disappeared on me. Uh, my my band program at school, so I run like a beginning band program and into like a mid-intermediate group. So it's like a four through eight program or four through eighth grade, I should specify. And that just was like gone. Yeah. Poof. Um, and I yeah. am very fortunate that I still was able to maintain a full-time job. However, I was covering a lot of study halls in the morning and... Uh, yeah. Lots of lunch duties and things like that. Oh, wow. Uh, so the music teaching side of things got really tricky for a lot of people. Now, luckily, in the 2020-2021 the school year, uh, when COVID was still fairly fresh, we were actually in the building full time. We had about 80% of our students in-house and about 20% at home. Oh, wow. Uh, so I was um, just trying to fill up my days and figure out how to do music while wearing a mask and keeping everybody spaced out. And I found myself, um, you know, without this band program, once again, kind of questioning who I was, uh, because part of how I define myself just disappeared, you know, and I promise this will find its way over to being a dad in a moment. This this roundabout no, way that's, here. That's what we're here for, um, man. Yeah. So like there was quite a lot of time where I was grappling with my own self image and who I was. And I, and I felt like a failure in a way because like my band program had disappeared, the wedding band had disappeared, and who I was sort of disappeared. And I had to start thinking like, uh, are you a complete moron? You are married and you have three children. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this is... Who am I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, this is who you are. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's so true. Some of these other things, they're they're so external, you know? And you don't realize how much they are until you really start taking stock at what you have right within your home, uh, and well, understand. We take for granted all the time. Yeah, well, we take exactly. Yeah, so it, it you know it didn't happen overnight, and, and it's like almost like I'm embarrassed to admit that. No, man. I was putting in so much more, maybe with my with my job, and and um, 
maybe not putting my family in in the same level. But I believe a lot of that has changed because it allowed me to reprioritize. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people have probably seen that over the last couple of years. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective a, a lot. You know, and I, I mean this in a good way. I, I don't think that story is super unique. I think a lot of people took stock of their lives during COVID and said, you know, there there is too much extraneous crap, right? Like, I want to say this delicately and, you know, with the understanding that COVID was a tragedy in, in so many ways. But um, the silver lining, maybe is the best way to say it, is um, is that some of us were able to get that perspective. So it sounds like you were. So what, what then did you decide to do with the professional side of your life? So you, you've, you've redefined yourself a little bit more for yourself, right? Your dad first, husband first, you know, but the professional side, how are you evolving that way? So it's funny you start talking about some of the extraneous and almost removing some things in order to spend some more time. So while I think I've carved out some more mental space and the way I sort of define my role and who I am a little bit differently, um, I looked at my job and how it was able to um, just sort of go away so quickly. Yeah. You know, it was not, it was not essential. I was not essential, right? Even though I feel music is essential and that's Me why too, I man. teach it. You know, when you teach kids how to blow into an instrument <laughs> yeah. uh, and you have an airborne illness going around, <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, doesn't, yeah, yeah they don't work yeah. out so well. Yeah. So now all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, yeah, I'm, I'm the father and I am a provider, you know, so is my wife, of course, she is a excellent nurse and she's a nursing supervisor right now. So we're, we're both working. But she's also part-time to, to allow her to be a, around the kids a little bit more. So I still kind of see myself as the provider. And sure. I'm going to work my butt off to ensure that my wife does have the ability to be part-time. Yeah. And so I see that as something I can provide for her. That Right now, I'm fine working full-time. Right. She really loves having a little bit more flexibility and being able to see the kids more. And I want to be able to provide that for her. So looking at my job, I'm thinking, well, I've, you know, the, I've always felt like I had good job security. Um, the community likes me, they, uh, the school, it, you know, my administration, everybody's happy with what I do there. So I've never worried about the job. But then something like COVID comes around and, and shuts a bunch of stuff down. So I feel like a new precedent has been set. And I need to be, I don't know, I just need maybe another skill set that I can keep in my back pocket. And I need to diversify things a little bit and give myself the ability to pivot in my career if necessary, right? Because if something happens to your current career, right, you kind of want to be able to pivot yeah. and not feel like, well, now you're on the couch and um, filling out, you know, paperwork for unemployment. You know, you want to be able to continue, uh, you know, being somewhat successful. So I went back to school. <laughs> <laughs> As many do. Yeah. yeah. So, oh man. Yeah, so I'm still, of course, working full time as a music teacher, uh, but doing a uh, an online program, working on my master's because I, so I'd have a master's degree that's recognized by the school. Uh, that master's degree gets me a raise, sure. Uh, even though it's not in music, even though it's in school yeah. administration. Okay. Um, so regardless of how I use the master's, I, I still think it affects my teaching positively, and it's still will pull in a little bit more money, but I can, if need be, make my way over into the administrative field. So if Got they want to at some point take me on as a 
assistant principal over there or if I want to move to another district and do that. Um, but I will have um, the that certification. Interesting. So I'll be, That's yeah, cool. So, so that I, was 2001 in the summer I started taking those classes. 2001? What did you say? No, no, no. Yeah, you have to edit <laughs> that one He's been in school like, for 22 years, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 2021. Yes. <laughs> How's that hazy, uh, hazy IPA doing, Greg? No, I guess I got to drink a little faster. Uh, no, that's cool. And I didn't realize that you're diversifying your skill set. Yeah. And I, I had a conversation with uh, the previous assistant principal. You know, he was just saying, if you're going to be going back to your master's, definitely this is really what you want to be doing. Uh, and during that time where things were shut down, it afforded me the ability to, I guess, take a step back and, sure. and survey the bigger picture. Yeah. I think a lot of people been able to do that and i that's really cool to hear your uh your perspective on it yeah and with with the kids you know it's and with a lot of guests that you've been chatting with a common theme is balancing your home life your yeah work life your friendships all that stuff and yeah. uh it's a whole new chapter once you once you become a parent so how have you guys managed through that i what has been your journey there um <laughs> you sleep less yeah, that's true. That is also a common theme on this show. <laughs> Where is it going to come from? Uh, it's going to come from my sleep. That's the only yeah, place. Unfortunately, it can come yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, I'm okay with making that sacrifice because my kids, whom are, I've got my youngest is four, and then eight, and then eleven. So like, my daughter now is going into the sixth grade. So it's like, holy cow, I've got a daughter who's a middle schooler. That's yeah. just kind of mind blowing. Um, so before I know it, she'll be in high school and she'll have her own car. She'll Don't be say driving that, Greg. around. Don't say yeah, that, Greg. I know. So I'm she's sorry. a toddler. Still in my head, <laughs> she's a toddler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not so much. <laughs> so they'll be hanging out with their friends and doing their own thing, and I'm going to have lots of time on my hands. You know, like the masters will be long over, and they're just not going to be wanting to kind of hang out with me on the couch and watch a movie and cuddle or whatever. So I, I try to ensure that when it comes to the the masters work. A lot of it does happen once they've gone to bed. It's like they go to bed, I do schoolwork, like lesson planning, et cetera, and then it's like master's work. So it's, yeah, you, you carve it out and you know it's a it's a finite thing and it will, like this too shall pass. Right, right. <laughs> and when it's done, it's, it's that. So, But I don't want to ignore the kids. Yeah. No, you can't, and you, and you can't miss this time. And I, it's a that's a universal truth that I think we all need to get used to is that um, – God, it's it's the cats in the cradle song, right? Like it, yeah. you know, uh, which I just can't, I can't listen to that because it just it it hits it, it hits make me so you, hard, yeah. right? It may make it tear up a little. Yeah, I mean, because and we all do it, right? Um, you know, we have to say no sometimes to playing or to you know uh, spending time, but we really do. We have to take uh, take advantage of of every opportunity we can because pretty soon. They're not going to give a shit about us anymore, uh, and that's just that's just the reality. Like, uh, yeah, you know, as you know, Kai is eight, and he'll come back in his thirties, Mike. Well, yeah, and I I like to think that I, I did with my folks, right? But um, that's Same. a long time to wait. I don't know if I'm going to make it that far. I have many more of these beers, and I may not. Greg, there are a couple other you know questions I wanted to ask you. I think we agree on on one point. I wanted to talk a little bit about the pervasive image of the dumb dad, you know, and I think you and I agree that there is this sort of narrative in society that dads are not as capable as, as moms. And please don't get me wrong. Mom is, mom is like, mom is mom. Mom is mom. Yeah, man. You can't, you like, 
You, you, you don't get no higher than mom. But well, let's be clear. Clarifying things about the dad's role does not in any way, shape, or form diminish what moms do and what are capable of. There it is. That's the fine print. That should be on every website page, <laughs> on every product that we ever offer. Disclaimer. That is, that is the universal truth, man. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a trigger warning, Mike. That was a trigger warning. <laughs> yes, exactly. And maybe that should be at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we should we should do a, a PSA at the beginning. Um, uh, so there's this uh, pervasive narrative in society that dads don't know. Can we what just call it a meme? A meme? There's a meme? Yeah. There's a meme in society? No, no. Is I mean, what? I just think like everything is like sort of summed up in a meme these days. Oh, I yes. Think what you're yes. going for as far as the dad and how he... Uh, is just a bit of a doofus. Maybe that's that's totally it, Greg. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. thank you for putting into words what I was trying to express. <laughs> like, um, it, you know, and some of that is is funny, right? Some of it's entertaining, and like, there's some truth to it for sure. Uh, but you know, I, I it bothers me personally because I think that it sort of perpetuates this narrative that dads can't do it, aren't supposed to do it, uh, and by it I mean like being uh, engaged and involved and. Uh, you know, conscious about what their kids are doing and 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 trying to to be the best parent they can be. This narrative sort of pushes dads to think that they can't and that they don't have to. And neither of those things are true. No, and it sets the bar pretty low. Yeah, for sure. I wonder what your perspective is on that. If if you disagree, or, or what do you think? Well, I think a lot of it is just uh, left over. You know, from past generations. Uh, my father, my father-in-law, maybe your, I'm not sure about your dad. I don't know about Greg, but. Greg, um, yeah. Greg and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but I, they didn't change diapers. You know, I think my dad maybe changed one diaper. Uh, I changed just as many, if not more, you know. Uh, in fact, I was having a conversation with uh, Joey, you know. Um, I know the listeners don't know who Joey is, but he would, he said it is, that his wife would admit that he probably changed even more diapers than her, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. So, and I'll tell you this, Micah, back in the day, I could I could do a mean swaddle. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Tighten that sucker right up. Yeah, that's yeah. a dad skill set right there. That's yeah, for sure. That, that worked really well for, for Gabby, my first. And my wife and I have always prided ourselves on um, surviving this long because of our teamwork. Heck, yeah. And, you know, we've been together since 2002. You know, <clears throat> heck, she was... Still a teenager, technically, when I first met her, you know, 19, going careful, on 20. Careful, Greg, careful, careful. It's a Sorry. family podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. But just, you know, we're in our 40s now. Just try to <laughs> put a little context here that we've been surviving for this long and with three children. We have things that we've, we have roles that we've sort of taken on and that we expect, and it's not that we sort of expect each other to do, we just don't even have to worry about it anymore because it's like, I know that I can take care of certain things and it Rachel doesn't have to worry about it. She doesn't have to stress over it, hopefully, you know. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to, um, like, the thing with diapers and stuff, that was probably, like, you know, probably for us, like, a half and half. Uh, but I tried to make sure, too, like, getting up at night, you know, when there was a crying baby, um, <clears throat> that, you know, I wasn't just going to be like, nope, it's you. I'm just going to sleep. I have to work tomorrow, whatever. I tried to ensure that I was still getting up. And when Rachel did go back to work, she was doing 12-hour night shifts. Um, so... If she was working on a Tuesday night and I had school the next day and I barely lesson planned because I was dealing with a fussy baby and then I'm up doing laps around the house, you know, uh, doing that little bounce and pat yeah. in the back and all that. The getting dad the ba- you know, Yeah, the little dad bounce. So <clears throat> I may have been doing that at three in the morning and whatever else and and, and she's away at work. So it's, it's just me anyway. And um, the other thing too, like when uh, 
COVID hit, we lost our daycare. And oh, wow. um, Rachel had to push all of her shifts into the weekend. Yeah. So I became like, <laughs> it was funny, it was almost like, like the divorce couple. I became like the weekend single dad, you know. Of course, yeah. I had my kids all week, but it was like, for like uh, well over a year, it was just, I had... I was alone with the kids all weekend. Yeah. Um, you go to the park and, and you know, other parents would be like, oh, his wife left him. <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> it may have appeared like that. We'd never yeah. see him out and about with his wife, man. So I'm sure there were some rumors flying yeah, for a little while. Yeah. I, I mean. Well, was... And that and that, is, that itself speaks. To, I mean, if, if you were a mom, nobody would blink, right? But, um, yeah. Yeah, there we go. It's oh, the... dad doesn't need to be there. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, and we talked about the, the generational shift and that's something that, um, Joe and I, the, the co-founder of Rava and I talk a lot about and, you know, it's not, it's not rocket science or a novel idea or anything, right? It's, um, I think it's, it's pretty well accepted at this point that we kind of say like dads have always loved their kids. Like I'm not trying to diminish anything, um, any amount of effort or whatever the normal behavior was, you know, 30, 40 years ago when our parents were, you know, in generations before that, dads have always loved their kids. Oh, of course. And let's be clear that society has has a huge yes. role to play in how people behave. You Absolutely. Know? So, and I think it really goes to, um, you know, we have two parents working. And that's, that's where the big shift took place. That's it. And I think in the 1960s and 70s or whatever, like, and even into the 80s, my, uh, my mom for a while wasn't working. She was a stay-at-home mom. Uh, she started working when I was in the fourth grade. Um, so all the kids at that point were, you know, full-time in school. So she picked up a job again. And uh, I think that's really what forced the shift because it wasn't that the guy saying, well, I'm going to go out and, and work the job and then you're you're taking care of the home. So we're going to like split this thing. I'm going to be here and you're going to be there. Well, now you've got a mom and a dad both working full-time potentially and you can't say that you, you know the kid gets picked up from daycare or they come home off the bus and then the father's going to say it's all you you're the wife you're going to take care of the home well if you're both splitting the expenses and you're both splitting the the, the earning of bread you got to yeah. split the you got to split the child care and, and taking care of your kids so i think any guy who uh, who feels like it's the wife's duty to take care of the kids fully and his wife's working, it's like he's out of touch. You know what I mean? And I don't really I, I don't really see much of that. I think most, I mean, the guys that are in my sort of general sphere here, you know, and th- that I know are very much involved with their kids. So We use the term equal partner parent, right? And, and it's, uh, you, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? It's when, when society, American society specifically, shifted to more women in the workforce, and it's a continued struggle, I should say, obviously, to to try to work toward more equality in the workplace. That's, that's an ongoing battle. As we move toward that goal, right, uh, the offset is that, exactly to your point, men need to be more active in everything domestic, including raising their kids and being, you know, an integral part of, of their, their upbringing, right? And so, you know, we are striving toward normalizing equal partner parent. And that, that man, that touches so many aspects, right? So, you know, uh, paid parental leave, sort of normalizing that in the workplace. Like there, there are just such disparate policies across organizations. And well, yeah, it's like paternity leave versus maternity leave. And I understand, um, you know, why things have lagged a bit. You know, when a person has a child, she's going to go home, and she's there's going to be physical healing that needs to take place, just from labor. 
then she may be feeding the child, you know, and that child's not always ready to take a bottle or things, you know, so like the, the mom has to be with this child and sending him right back to work just seems crazy. Uh, and I always think it's nuts that like a lot of people get six weeks. Um, luckily, um, my wife took three months off and that yeah. still seemed like, I wish there was a little more time because sure. they still seem so little. They are, <clears throat> but they I, are I, so little. But in education, if um, somebody's sort of new to a job, they may not have enough sick time built up beyond some of the time they can take. So they just, you get like six weeks and boom, you're back. And all of a sudden you've got this little six week year old. Wait, wait, are you saying you got six weeks or there are women who get six weeks? Yeah, women who get six weeks. And At, at which point I ask, what the bleep are we doing, society? Yeah, because I think people are a little out of touch. Like you, if you hand somebody a, a six-week-old, they're yeah, <laughs> they're, a six-week-year-old, Greg. Six? Did I say six-week-year-old? Okay, <laughs> it was good. It was good. <laughs> if you hand somebody a six-week-old, uh, you you're just you realize that they still need to be with their mom, and, and that sending them with somebody else or even bringing them to a daycare center. Yeah, like, that's just, rough. It's rough, and it's the reality for a lot of people. But that's rough, man, and that's yeah. not okay. Yeah, and I got I took two weeks off with my uh, with with number three with Evelyn, and that was Good like the God. Yeah, that was a, it. Was that was the standard paternity leave two weeks? Um, luckily, it bumped into my winter vacation. Uh, it was kind of funny. So I took two weeks. I was supposed to go back for a Friday, and then I was going to actually go on break. Uh, we had a snow day, so it was perfect. So I got like three weeks. Uh, wow. That <laughs> and then I lucky. will say, That's and I will say that. Um, and this is this obviously doesn't go for everybody, and um, somebody's going to want to reach through their speaker and slap me for saying this. But number one and two came pretty easily, and they were very much planned. So Rachel was following her cycles, and when we were planning on having our first kid, it was kind of like, "Hey, next week is going to be a good week." So that was that, and we planned them to be summer babies. Yeah, and that's exactly what we got. So we got one in June, and number and two. And as in an July. educator, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. yeah. So so our kids are born. In the summer, or two of our kids are born in the summer, because I am, I'm a teacher and I get summers off. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, again, that was that's just like a you know kind of a nice little privilege that I had, uh, and we took advantage of it. So when she when when these little kids came along, and I was able to be around for a couple months during summer. Yeah, break. that's huge, and and that's a conscious decision that you guys made. That is the best thing for your family, and that makes all the sense in the world. I I don't know why anybody I don't. Unless I miss something, I don't know why anybody would slap you for that. Uh, well, just because a lot of people, sl- you know, it takes time for, you know oh, I mean? You uh, may, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Oh, you, God. You, yeah. You, you, oh, something, you, it's like, hey, you've been trying for a year, you know, and for me to say, you know, if, if I know somebody's been trying for a long time. That's very. Trying to conceive and struggling with it. The last thing I want to say is, ah, yeah, it was easy, <laughs> you know. I'm so. totally with you now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, right. I. I when I when I invited you onto the podcast, I I figured that people were going to want to slap you for a few reasons, but uh, that was not one of them. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm going to be on good behavior, Michael. Yeah, you know you are. You're great. Uh, it, but now, no, I totally. I'm took me a minute. I'm totally with you, and that's and it's that it's cool for you to say that, by the way, because that is totally a lot of people's reality, and and including mine, I should say. And this is not something that I've talked a lot about, and and probably will on one of these episodes one day but you know Erica had three miscarriages and you know my son is eight and my daughter is almost two and in between we had three miscarriages and it is not 
always easy for for everybody. So, um, and that's something that so that that's something else personally that I I think we should normalize is talking about that kind of loss uh, and how common that is for for both for you know and how it affects both parents. But anyway, I didn't mean to bring us around to that. No, it's okay. I mean, it's it's a reality. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, but that's that's super cool. So you took uh, two weeks. Oh yeah, and I should say. Um, I came up with a with a little phrase today that is super corny, but I think it expresses what I want to say to you, and it, that is, no matter how you dad, we're glad. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something <laughs> like yeah, I know it's cringy, uh, and it is, it's totally cringy. But it's like you you got your two weeks, and you were able to you know pair that with winter vacation, and uh, and that worked out for you guys, and that's fantastic. I I still think we we as a society need to kind of check ourselves. And say like, is that an, is that enough for the male parent? Uh, probably not. But you know, you guys are you know doing you, and that's that's good stuff. Uh, the other thing we were going to talk about, what was it? Well, I mean, I think we we started talking about how society portrays the dad, and I think we maybe kind of skirted off topic. Yeah, a little bit. that's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, <laughs> which is fine. It's drinks with dads. Oh, by the way, I have another drink. Hold on. I don't think I said what I was drinking here. Okay, so the first thing, you wouldn't be familiar with these. So this is a Rheingeist made in Cincinnati. It's called Truth, which is what we're trying to get to right now. But then it's funny that you have a Sam because I was equating this guy to, to Sam Adams in my head. This is, it's Columbus Brewing Company. So uh, for those who don't know, I live in Columbus, Ohio. I used to live in New England, just down the road from Greg, basically. And that's uh, not true. You were on the seacoast. But we were a lot closer, let's say that. Yeah, well, New Hampshire's a small state, Mike. It really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, New Hampshire's a state. It is. <laughs> yeah, not for, even realize for some that of our if listeners, you're out, if you're out New, Hampshire, New Hampshire is its own state. <laughs> yeah. It's not part of Massachusetts. Or I, have New, heard, yeah. I have heard that. Well, it's, it's in, like New England. People think New England, maybe they're mashing it all together. I don't know. So. Well, I was trying to figure out where Arkansas was in relation to Kansas the other day, so... I guess I can't throw too many stones. But anyway, this Columbus Brewing Company IPA is pretty much as ubiquitous as Sam Adams is in New England. So uh, getting back onto the topic of society's perspective of dads, I was asking you about that, if you think that there's truth to that. I guess what, what I'm trying to get at is what is your opinion on that narrative? Is it, is it mostly funny and, and harmless? Or do you think that it actually can like encourage dads not to try that hard. Well, I feel the latter is probably more true. I don't think it is harmless. And I think if you were to flip it the other way around, um, people wouldn't, people wouldn't find it harmless, you know, uh, because there have been things like that, you know, and it's called a stereotype, right? And stereotypes can be harmful for good reason because they, they put a blanket sort of statement over a, a group of people or whatever, you know, I, I feel like um, society for a while now has demanded more from men in, in, in the relationship. And I, I think men have been stepping up to the plate. Uh, yeah. And if there is sort of a pervasive narrative, maybe even an agenda, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> conspiracies. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is, yes. We're going to get into conspiracies in the next. Uh, no. So anyway, I, so I just think that, I don't know. Yeah. Is it, is it funny? Certainly. There, it, it can be hilarious. And I'm not going to say that comedy can't exist. I'm the last person that's going to want to say that because, you know, a joke is a joke. But I think when it goes beyond the joke and just becomes just the norm, like, 
yep, mom's got everything under control. She's the one that takes care of the, the kid. The dad's a bit dopey. Don't leave him alone with the kid. He's going to set the place on fire and, you yeah. know, or, or try to feed the kid from the wrong end of the bottle. Like, yeah, right, <laughs> it's exactly. like, yeah, you just get like, it's almost like caricature or cartoonish, you know, yeah, when is. you see certain things and it's like, uh, yeah, that's, and it, that's it, not it, I think it invades other, uh, it affects our lens. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. I was uh, speaking with somebody just earlier today who was describing the time that they were taking care of their kids alone. And he said something about total innocence about this comment, right? But uh, he said something about, you know, I was playing Mr. Mom that day, right? Which is, which is like, we know what you mean, and that is a totally normal thing to say. So not like docking points from him at all. Oh, it's been around forever, yeah. Right. <clears throat> but my, but my point, our point is, uh, no, you were just being dad, right? You were yeah. just, <laughs> and, right? Like it doesn't need to, yeah. So uh, the and the other thing I hear is uh, is babysitting. Oh, like, oh, 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 oh. So yeah. So my last home, we had these um, very lovely neighbors, um, elderly couple. I'd be out there in the yard with the kids or Rachel would be out and about working in the garden or whatever. Yes, we're living some idyllic life th- there, you know, mowing the lawn <laughs> or whatever. And we'd have that like chat over the fence. Yep. Um, and they were really nice and, you know, but at one point my wife and I were, were hanging out by the fence chatting with them and we were talking about how Rachel, um, you know, will work nights or she may have mentioned like, oh yeah, I got to go to work tonight or something or and um, this elderly lady, you know, she was. She asks both of us, so does your husband babysit the kids when you're gone? Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was like a, it was, it was a real deal question. Yeah, it was man. very serious. And she was, that's, there was no malice there. And it, it, oh, it was just, course. it was, that's a, so, so it was that's, an honest question. And, and her and Rachel and I, we kind of took a peek at each other and, and had this quick little chuckle that we, we pushed down. We just didn't like laugh at her. You know what I mean? And oh, uh, sure. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I babysit the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, uh, I am their father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But and that's so that's so indicative of exactly what we're talking about. And again, not faulting any any person or anything. Like, it's just it's a shift in society, and it's interesting to get your perspective on it and to hear what you've uh, what you've experienced too. There, man. I I shouldn't drink beer apparently when I'm. Well, you know what you gotta you know what you gotta do. You have to pour it Sit into the glass. You have to pour it into the glass. Let it foam up. All right, great. Let the foam subside and then drink it. So all that thanks, foaming. Thanks for teaching me how to drink yeah, a beer. Yeah, all, all that foaming happened in the glass and not in your gut. Okay. Well, you, you, yeah, and I trust you on that. You would know. So, uh, Greg Nevy, you just taught me how to drink a beer, ladies and gentlemen. That was good. Um, I'm almost 40 years old, and I just learned. So good. Use, use the glass. Use the glass. It's good advice. Yeah. So hey, I know we're uh, we're 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 getting to it here. Gosh, it's it's past 10 o'clock, Greg. You probably have some schoolwork to do. No, I told you I was all caught up. I finished it up last oh, night. Just, just well, for you, Michael. Just and I appreciate that, man. I really do. This is uh this is huge. And and honest to God, I, I really appreciate you being on. Um and I guess I the last thing I would ask is so your kids are gosh, so I'm gonna get this right because uh wait a minute. Ben is he's August, right? No, he's no, not. Uh, he's July. He's July. Okay, I was close. So but <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. so he just turned eight. Yes. Yeah. So you got you got eleven and eight, and Evie's four. Yeah, she'll be five at the end of November. Cool. 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 Yeah. So you know you're you're coming out of the baby phase, right? Um, yeah. No you, diapers. Yeah. Everybody's you know diapers everybody's been gone pooping for a in while. Toilets. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, know, that's a, everyone's sleeping through the night and using toilets. And Oh, yeah. That is the promised land right there. And it is. Lot- and uh, we were able to even enjoy ourselves on our last vacation and, you know, go out. Well, I say, you know, there's still some incidences that take place, you know, at restaurants. and but we, <laughs> Of course. Yeah. But, you know, we're noticing now that we can be out in the world with our children and just not be as stressed and have a bit more fun. That is you know, a so. super stress. Yeah, we we don't go to restaurants because uh, <laughs> Mika can't can't handle it at this point. So yeah, totally hear you. That's an that's a that's like turning a new page in your book. So yeah, have you ever just like uh, said to the waiter like we'll, we'll take it to go? Just you know they're yeah, like coming over with the plates and you're like you're like yeah like just bring it into yeah just take that plate dump it and we'll we'll take the food out. We've done that before. We Multiple left a, times, man. a restaurant and we found a place and we ate outside. Yeah, actually in the park. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably a, a, a universal reality. I can't I can't imagine yeah. we're the only ones for sure. Um, so yeah, so you're kind of coming around the bend here. Uh, any uh, any words of wisdom, sagely wisdom that you would uh, impart on any you know new dads or gosh even even like soon to be dads? Oh uh, yeah yeah. So this is this is kind of a serious one, I guess. Um, a friend of mine just had his first child. And I knew that they'd be in for some of those really rough nights where you may have a, a baby who is dry and clean and well-fed and taken care of, but still feels the need to scream. And uh, it, could be, uh, it could be really tough to deal with. Oh, yeah. And I always found um, that what helped me out is when I would go into the room to soothe the child, I would put earplugs in. And just... Hmm. Reducing the noise level reduced my heart rate, it reduced my blood pressure, and it calmed me because just you're not getting that assault, that oral assault, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and that, that like, that saved me, you know, because you go in there and you're like, you're upset, you know? <laughs> it's like you're mad at this kid and you're like, you're angry because you just, you're under, you just, you don't have enough sleep. You're tired and you're not thinking clearly. And you've got this little kid who just seems to be screaming regardless of what you're doing or trying to do. And I found that, you know, just, you could just even be some basic foam earplugs, just jam those suckers in and go in there and hang out with the kid. And if the kid's going to be crying for a little while longer, it's the, it doesn't, yeah, you, you stay more calm. So that, that's actually my, my best piece of advice. Wow, man, that's, I've not heard that before. That, that's just me as a musician, you know, having earplugs lying around. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so, and, I tell that to people. Just And I do too. Wow. That's, and it's, it's so true, though. I mean, if you don't have to, if you're not subjecting yourself to that oral assault, and by the way, that's A-U-R-A-L. Yes, okay. Then, then that's, that's genius, Greg. I will, I will, and I don't use that word lightly. I, that is a genius I'm idea. I'm blushing, Michael. Oh. <laughs> Thank the, uh, you. My best advice is WD-40 all the doors in the house. But um, <laughs> What? You don't, you don't like that one? Oh, like just make sure everything's squeak-free? Like what, what do we... Squeak, yeah, squeak-free before they come home. Have, have we not talked about that? That is my number one piece of advice. And, and some people say to me uh, that... I've heard like, oh yeah, that's a good idea, but I want my kid to experience the world as it you know is and and like be able to sleep through noises. Yeah, me too. But when they're ten weeks old, and you haven't slept in ten weeks, 
<laughs> like, <laughs> right, and you just got him to sleep. Like you don't want a door to be the thing that wakes him up. Like they're gonna, they're gonna sleep through stuff. Motorcycles coming down the street. Also, they're gonna experience plenty. Trust me. You don't need it to be a door in your house. Yeah, that and is, we've always used me. white noise. White noise is always sure, well for and us. that helps. Yeah. yeah, I've got some going upstairs right now with Mika. But anyway, that's my perspective. Um, maybe not everybody's, but no matter how you dad, we're glad. Sorry, that's still cringeworthy. It's still not good. <laughs> well, as long as the dad, the, the the being glad about how somebody is being a dad is, I mean, there's got to be some sort of. I, I think that's. I don't know. Well, Mike, but if I, you if you're if you're not if you're not coming with it at all, you're not dadding, right? Ah, uh, like true. Yeah. So that 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 excludes like non-dad activities. So if you're if you're coming with your best, that's that's dad. So no no matter how you dad, okay, we're glad, and I'm. I really should probably edit that out because uh, it's super corny. But hey, man, I know it's uh, it's late and um, and you know you got several children. So you know, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you for your perspective, and uh, yeah, just really appreciate your time. Well, same, man. I, I enjoyed myself. So uh, just congrats on the podcast. I uh, wish you the best of luck and continued success with uh, Rava moving forward. so Thanks, yeah, and if anybody wants to find us, our website is rava.co, that's R-A-V-A-A dot C-O. You can always email us, uh, info at Rava, Mike at Rava, or Joe at Rava. So thanks very much, everybody. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>